Pew, 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 pew. That's right. We're doing fucking Hitman. Lego Batman? That was? <laughs> I literally watched Lego Batman yesterday on the plane. And I'm, you just hearing you. You watch that instead of Leon? Yeah, wait, instead of the one of the Leon, to be honest. I didn't think about it. I forgot we were recording today. No, that's a fair thing. Uh, welcome, everybody. If it wasn't clear by my amazing sound effects, we are doing Hitmen this week. Um, you know them. No, you maybe no, you, you don't. don't. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, if you're also not you doing be... any of the actual Hitmen movies. No, we didn't want to touch those. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> just, just 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 to clarify that. Yeah. We're, we're, we should have actually, we, you know, we should have all just played the video games, Hitman 1 through 3, and then, then we should rank our experiences playing the games. I think that's what we should have done. We need to start branching out into non, non-television. non Hitman 3 is kind content. of fun, I'm not going to lie. Absolute Hitman 3? Good. Yeah. Is it the movie or the game? The game. The game. The game. I, I really enjoyed Hitman 2, the modern one. They're all uh, they're pretty good. They're all pretty yeah. good because they're different it, ways to kill people. Unless you play the old Hitmen, in which case they're amazing because they're buggy as fuck and utterly broken. And mm-hmm. it it's there's it's so fucking funny. I started playing one on an emulator the other day and I've I've I haven't had this much joy in a long time. How many people did you drag into one hallway? I I don't I'm not very good at stealth, Tyler. Yeah, that's what I expect. You just go in, it's like, oh shit, they guard, kill. What's that sound? Yeah. Kill. What's that sound? Kill. What's that sound? <laughs> that's the thing though. As long as like the mission isn't super thought heavy. You can pretty much just murder everyone. I got stuck on a mission where you're only allowed to kill one person and you need to be listening to clues to find out who it is. And that was way too much work for you. It was really difficult because usually by the time I even get to these people, I've accidentally scared them by killing like six or seven different guys. So um, anyway, I would be an amazing hitman. (laughs) Yeah, if you need to kill the entire room, get Chris. Yeah, I mean, if you want no survivors, (laughs) no witnesses whatsoever, I'm a great cleaner. Women, women and children doesn't matter to him. I don't have those type of rules. I, I, you know, I'm five. He specializes ahead. only in children. Uh, if they're short, if they're children or just really short, it's actually twice the price now. Uh, pregnant women count as three, and um, as three. Why three? Is she having why twins? three? Because well, you never know. <laughs> it's it's a bit of a you know maybe it's maybe it's a single maybe it's twins maybe it's triplets and I can't be sure of that and I'm not digging around in that mess. So I figure better safe than sorry. I do have a discount on the elderly because they're already on their way out. So okay, I, I charge half. Do you guys yeah. hold the pillow over? What do you do there? <laughs> um, I just wait. I just wait and watch as they grow old and <laughs> just give them a little skill and just scare them. <laughs> what if it takes ten years? It's like God damn it! I thought it was gonna be quicker, but. I just slowly like get them a little bit of extra butter in their meals when they're not supposed to have it. And uh, I just let nature take its course. Nice, nice. Slow burn. Anyway, welcome everyone to 321 Binge. I am your host, Chris Ramirez, with my co-host, Faison Delal. What's up? And my other co-host, a racist dwarf, Tyler Zucker. Yeah, I saw that coming. Yeah, we all I saw didn't that have. Admittedly, there wasn't a huge amount of options, let's be honest. There were. Yeah, it was an obvious one. It was that or a very sexually charged little girl. It was. It was really. Yeah, I was gonna two. say you can call them twelve year old girl. That w- that one I decided not to go with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We're doing Hitman, um, and I feel like I'm starting things off. I kind of forgot about that. So yes. let me talk slowly to buy time as I Google a synopsis for the film. When a twelve year wait no, hold on. When twelve year old Matilda. Yeah, it is Matilda. Matilda's yeah. family is killed. 
her neighbor Leon, who is a professional assassin, reluctantly under takes her under his wing and teaches her the secrets of the trade. Um, yeah, that's actually pretty pretty fair. That's about that's the whole movie. Yeah. That's the entire that's movie. Yes. Yeah, star star studded cast. You got Gary Oldman, Natalie Portman, Jean Reno. Um, I guess that's kind of actually as far as a star set in this goes. Yeah, but... I feel like Nat- I mean Natalie Portman definitely wasn't a star back then. It's like yeah, a she, was, she was twelve years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, there was somebody called a Willie Oneblood in the movie. He played the white guy with dreads. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy. Just looking through some of the names and see if anything else ridiculous shows up. Danny Aiello I- is like Tony, Leon's boss. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I guess not, I guess Star Stud is not the right word, but it has a, it has a good uh, front man and a fantastic villain casting. Um, Oldman's insane yeah. in this movie. Yeah. He's insane. As, as the movie itself, I'd say it's the most straightforward of what we're going to be talking about today. Mm. It is it is a proper hitman film, right? It's just a man who's a hitman and the story surrounding that man and occasionally some of his hits. Um, whereas the other movies kind of take the ideas a little bit differently. I think this one is a very, a very back to I guess not. I guess you can't really say back to basic. It probably was the basic. Yeah, um, this is probably like I one of the first hitman movies. Yeah, I think that it has to be, I think, because <laughs> it came I mean, out in 1995. Yeah, I don't know if it, there's probably another movie involving Hitman before that, but like nothing this big is that like the definitive one. Yeah. And I'd say as far as like, you know, doing something simple, but doing it right. This movie does it really, really fucking well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just I think the first thing that came trying to struck me when I was watching it, because I, I literally just finished watching this about five minutes before we got on call. Um it's just a good. It's a good-looking film. Yeah, visually speaking, like you can tell that a French person was clearly behind the camera, because it is a very nice-looking movie. Uh, <laughs> the French are famous for their pretty films. Look at look at Dune. Look at what French Canadian Denis Villeneuve made. Oh God! <laughs> I hate you so much. Oh, yeah. Me too. You just you um, just disrespect him so much, and you actually and one of your favorite movies from the show. Is it was probably it's, it's arguably my favorite movie of the year. But find out by watching our yearly roundup we're gonna do, um, covering our best movies this year. Stay tuned for that. But um, no, I I do actually like this guy's work quite a bit, and I'm probably gonna continue to like his work. But that doesn't mean I'm not gonna fucking rag on his name every chance I get. Duncan Idaho. Duncan Idaho is fucking stupid. <laughs> but um, yeah, like there's shots that are are pretty innocuous, like um leon in the in the movie theater right and it's just him basically sitting in this theater watching but singing in the rain yeah he's watching singing in the rain but there's something about it that is just extremely pretty <laughs> like i yeah. can't quite explain why i don't i don't really understand why but it's just maybe it's the way it's framed maybe there's something about just how it's lit there's something that i find how very visually hit, intriguing or just how it's a hitman watching a movie like that and oh yeah, because yeah. because just you think of a hitman, it's like oh, cold killer doesn't care about anything, will do the job. But then he's just enjoying a classic musical. Yeah, I think it's just a fantastic um, like little character trait to give like a hardened hitman, and I think they do that really well with Leon's character throughout the movie. Like yeah. he has this where it's like okay, he's a hardened killer. We just saw him like wipe out this entire group of like organized criminals, right? Oh, that um, opening scene's amazing. In an opening, amazing fucking seed where he is basically just Batman with guns, and it's fucking wonderful, and I love it. The scene uh, where and we... co- the end of that moment of that when he gets to the mob boss and comes out of the shadows and then disappears again is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it. I love that fucking sequence. 
Um, but like we see, we have a moment like that, and then we follow it up with um, him just watching this American musical and being like giddy as a kid, just incredibly enthralled with it. And then later in the movie, we have a scene where like he like voices a little pig in a hand puppet with the kid because he's also just like a really he's just good with kids. He's a friendly guy. And it just feels like such a juxtaposition from a hardened killer from something like Transporter or the Hitman movies or games or anything along those lines. Mm. Um, and I think it just does the character a lot. Like it just it gives him a lot of a lot of leverage, I guess, over the audience. Mm. And then you um, have now the Portman's character, Matilda, whose family life sucks. The dad's a coke addict or he, he uses drugs. He's abusive. He's terrible. The sister's also terrible. Yeah. Stepmother seems like an ass. Yeah, everyone's just terrible, and they get completely wiped out because of Gary Oldman's psychotic character, Stan. Yeah. Uh, so Gary Oldman plays the villain of the movie. He's a DEA officer, incredibly corrupt, and he is on some weird pills that turn him into the Joker. <laughs> this is this is basically Leon Batman versus Joker Gary Ridley. Um, Gary Ridley? I don't know why why I said Gary Ridley, because that's Where not going even... For I, don't think, I don't think that's even a real name. <laughs> No. Gary Oldman. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, he's fucking maniacal. <laughs> he listens to Mozart. Uh, but, you know, he understands if you're more of a... Uh, a Bach guy. More of a Bach guy yourself. He can understand that. He'll murder your family first, though. But he'll understand your taste in music. Um, he's he's having too much fucking fun. Yeah, this is the movie that got... that Not, not got, that gave everyone the... Uh, everyone uh, meme. I'd never see I, I'd seen that meme, but I never knew where the fuck it was from. And then I got yeah. to them I'm like, oh, there it is. That yep. makes sense. God. Um, yeah, I think I think they'll cast the performances overall really good. Natalie Portman's fucking 12 in this. It's and she's yeah. doing really, really well. She's also yeah, first movie I ever. think she was actually 11 when she got okay. casted. Like, wow. So she's so, actually like 12, 11 in the movie. Yeah. Hmm. So she's she's dumb young. Um, and acting insanely well alongside, uh, is this one of, this has to be an earlier Gary Oldman film, right? Uh, I don't know about how early, but sure. Early in his career. It has to be early enough in his career. So he's not, he wasn't quite as famous as I would say he is right now. Right. It, it's post Dracula. So he had his Dracula moment. He had, uh, he was in JFK. I don't know if that was the ground at the same time. Yeah, he was in Lost in Space before this, which is not the biggest buff. He was in Air Force One and The Fifth Element. So a lot of a lot of movies that I guess he might have. Oh, that was after, actually. You going the wrong um, way? Yeah, I went the wrong way on, on fucking IMDb. <laughs> His first movie was 82. And JFK yeah. was 91. I get I don't know if this is his biggest moment, but I mean, like it seems to be the biggest up until this point in his career. I would I'd make the argument. Uh, Although I know people like Dracula, his Dracula. And true, true, true romance. Is that in here? I didn't even yep. see it. Either way, it's Literally still relatively Dracula. early. It's still relatively early in his career. And um, and then you have uh, um, Frenchman, Leon, who... John Renault. John Renault, yeah, who... Um, I could have swore I saw him in more things. You recognize him, but you don't remember where. I saw him in Godzilla 1998, but that's quite literally the only thing that's... He has a very, movie. like, just familiar face. Mission Impossible, the original Mission Impossible as well. There we go. Things are all coming back now. Oh, he's not He's not nearly... He's not been in nearly as many things as I thought he was. Okay. But no, but like you recognize him. 
yeah, I feel like I've seen this man everywhere. Um, I really do. But, you know, she's kind of like with people who have a, a much longer career than her up until that point. Um, but she's not like missing any beats. You know what I mean? She's really well, keeping up with them. Very impressive. Hmm. Um, I think that this movie also, I might make the argument. This might be a bit of a hotter take. I'd probably say it has the best action. Mm. I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, that entire final shootout was really fucking good. Is that really a hot take? I don't think it's that hot of a take. I feel, I it's feel not like that hard of a take, but it's good. It's debatable between the two because in Bruges, in Bruges is the darkly funny one. And that action is not. Yeah, the action is not really be, anything there. Yeah, collateral. So I think, I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't the biggest fan of that action of the action in that movie. It didn't mm-hmm. stick with me because I don't remember it very well. Yeah, I would but say I do remember the I remember the club does, scene. The opening scene does hold it above collateral. So yeah, opening sequence and I think the final shootout with the cops uh, are both just like really high tier gun like just shootout sequences. Um, I'd probably this say one, they're probably like I'm sorry. This one you could say has the best action and acting. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. I'd say it has the best acting, best action. Um. I don't want to say it feels the most heartfelt, but it's okay. So here's the thing. I said earlier on that I am, I am of two minds with this movie, right? Because on the one hand, as a film, I think it's very good. I think it's shot incredibly well. I think that the story works really well. I think that there's a solid theme through it all, right? I think that as a film, it it handles, it's, it's like a, a great movie. I'd say it's a great movie, a really great watch. It's a fantastic action thriller sequence. All the scenes where he's like training Natalie Portman's character, are just really good and they they there's great chemistry between the cast. The villain's fucking fantastic. Overall, I'd say like great movie. And wow. then I learned that uh the director based this movie off of his relationship with a 15-year-old who he impregnated. Oh, yep. That yeah. explains some of the scenes. It, it explains both explains a lot and also makes it creepy. <sighs> Makes it, I don't, I, does it affect the film? That's the question. Like, do we kind of try and death of the offer this, right? Like, we watch Harry Potter and we just ignore the fact that J.K. Rowling's a transphobe. Can you watch? Yeah, Leon but the thing the is, like, and... Harry Potter doesn't have, you know, transphobic elements in it. Because technically like... speaking, the books do. Do they? Where? I got uh, with Rita Sculter. Uh, I, I mean, I haven't read the books myself in quite a long time, not since I was a kid. Um, but they, they describe Rita with a lot of manly features in order to insinuate her villainous and dangerousness to the kids. Um, again, more people have discussed this online than I, than me. And I haven't read the books in years. And I also, I like Harry Potter. I don't okay, care. We're, too picking, about Harry we're Potter. picking one, one thing when this movie <laughs> over the yeah, course of seven, seven, I started books, with technically over the course of I fucking st- seven books and we're hey, comparing it to this movie. Let's not forget the Jewish goblins and let's and the slaves who want to be who are kind of way too okay with being slaves. Um, the South, <laughs> it's a little bit, isn't it? They're, or um, the right. one Asian character Chow. So they, yeah, yeah, okay. it's it's more problematic longer the longer we go about it. But that's what we're going to do. Those Harry Potter problematic, but ah, so Faison says it's okay that the God Jews are goblins. Faison, you want to clarify that stance? You want to clarify that? Stance? Are they for our are, personal are, goblin? How are the are they are they Jewish? How are they Jewish? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I'm so confused. Um, Just because they care about money? No, 
no, no it's, a, it's a classic. It's a classic. The image of the of oh god, let me start this correctly. The imagery used for the goblins in the books and in the movies are very similar to classic anti-Semitic propaganda. But that's short, because classic anti-Semitic propaganda described Jewish people basically as goblins. Because <laughs> in terms of uh, mythological origin, goblins were closely well i don't think it was i don't think it was technically goblins i think it was another particular word that eventually evolved into goblin were loosely based off of jews and that's your anti-semitic portion of the podcast okay. <laughs> it's not the anti-semitic portion it's the anti-anti-semitic portion it's the pro-semitic portions of the podcast tyler come on listen i'll i'll make sure to bring proper research when we do our our harry potter episode this this one kind of clearly just came up at a <laughs> At a at a left field, but basically the idea being that like, if if a project has a really shitty director, like okay, let's say a we if we ever to watch like Woody Allen films, right? Do we judge those films on the merit of what they are, or do we judge them on Woody Allen directed this? You bring it up, but I wouldn't knock the movie unless it's try unless the movie itself is trying to be like hey guys it's okay that i did this to a child it's like no 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 that's that's different i don't think leon leon is creepy during the scenes where they're playing the game and she wants to like cheer him up or vice versa and she's acting like marilyn monroe but it's obviously very sexualized and creepy yes i don't think do you think the director's like oh guys it's okay or is he just using his perspective and made it weird in this one? Oh, he's definitely like that because in the uncut version of the original script, yes, I know the sex, sex scene. scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then yes, I would say he's saying it's okay. Yeah. Um, but like, okay, how about let's take, you know, The Shining, right? Um, Stanley Kubrick, fantastic mm -hmm. movie. Stanley oh, Kubrick okay. absolutely fucking terrorized the female lead for that film the and berated her and abused, like, you know, physically uh, and, and verbally abusive to her throughout the entirety of filming. Yes. Do you judge that film as a film on a standalone or do you judge it by the production? I still think because her performance, like, it's not good. It's not good that he did that to her. But now the retrospective reviews of it say her performance is amazing. It's obviously terrible. So I think you you can kind of do both. You're basing it on the movie as what you see, but then you get the context and be like, oh, it's terrible that that happened. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up to the to the to the table here. When it, I think it's you're looking at me trying to movie. get me for something. You're looking at I'm me not trying, trying to get, get you for anything. anything. I, I, you guys, you're, you're we're reading, on you're Zoom. The... the camera rotates. I'm not trying to get you for nothing. All right. <laughs> you were looking at it. It's like, wait, let me see if I can get something. It's like, mm, no, that's a, that's a okay answer. You did it. You towed the line. <laughs> it's not a terrible answer. Faison, what are your thoughts on this particular situation? Um. I don't really know. It's tough. He already got caught once today. He's trying to yeah. <laughs> he can't uh, risk it. <laughs> Twice in one day. That's more of my thing. Yeah. I personally I'm sorry. It, I, I really don't know. Yeah. I think it's definitely tough. I think it's like technically, I think death of the author doesn't apply in this particular way. And this is more abusing the idea of death of the author in order to like watch something without the guilt that might be attached to the product right and uh i think it's fair to abuse that at this point and kind of try and talk about the, the movie as a product rather than as something attached to an individual if that makes sense yeah but when it's, it's it based off of something real yeah 
it, it definitely and, totally and you have an 11 year old girl in... but at the same time we've already all pretty much agreed that the movie itself is good but that the yeah. fact that the director made it off his life makes it cre- yeah. makes the making of a creepy even though the movie yeah. itself is good so and then so when do you, you get knock some a of star off a letterbox scene. for that time that's what i'm asking well, what'd you give it i haven't rated any of these movies yet you rated collateral yeah okay we watched it like a week ago like I, I watched these last two movies this morning. I have I haven't rated them yet. Do you knock it? I mean, I technically did. I had it at a nine, ah. and then it went down to an eight. Ooh, interesting. So. Tyler takes a strong stance against pedophiles. Okay, I respect <laughs> it. As opposed Faison, to you, you taking a very issue? soft stance on the issue, <laughs> I yeah. get to take a stance. I I. Chris is pro pedophilia. Excuse me. Hasn't said anything about it. Pro pedophilia. I'll put it this I was going to give it the four and a half. I'm now thinking about the four. All right. I think I think it's hard to detach those feelings um, because I think I think because I, I found out about it while I was like midway through the movie. Right. I was still watching it. So I think it definitely changes as you're watching. Chris is like, scenes. this is the best movie over. Ah, oh, wait a minute. God damn it. <laughs> damn it. It, it really. <laughs> it really is one of those moments where <laughs> like, oh, this my is my favorite director. What did he do? Oh, God. Damn Every, it. It's like, oh, man, I really loved Kevin Spacey in Baby Driver. I wonder what happens if I Google him. Oh, <laughs> that reminds me. OJ really hit that record. What else did he do later? Oh, <laughs> Tyler, do you remember that one TikTok I sent you about Kevin Spacey <laughs> from Baby yeah, Driver? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything with that movie has not aged well. <laughs> that movie has not aged well at all. <laughs> oh man! Um, Not, I mean, I guess that's an. I guess funny we, if, side note. Side note. You know, Kevin Spacey's. I don't know if it was his last movie, but the movie after Baby Driver, and it was after the scandal, everything that came out and made no money because it was Kevin. It was Kevin Spacey movie. You know what it was yeah. called? What was it called? <laughs> Billionaire Boys Club. <laughs> <laughs> he really picked a brand and kind of stuck with it, didn't he? God damn. Yeah, you guys, you want to see a new Kevin Spacey movie? No, nah, man, he all that shit came out. No, it'll be good. What's it called? Oh, uh, n- n- never mind. <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting when we, if we get to Baby Driver, just having to talk about that and uh, what's his name? Ansel Egort. Yeah. Is that, that his name? Yeah, him Ansel, also uh, being... I don't know how to say his last name. Yeah, whatever the name. I don't respect him enough to get his name right. Um, just having to discuss that entire thing is going to be fun. It's like whenever we have to talk about an Army Hammer movie. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's how we kind of have to handle it, right? Just like the same way we we handle Army Hammer and Man from Uncle. Here's this really bad thing. It's just, moving it's on. Just, it's just tough to like separate it when it's like the movie is very similar to what the person did in real life. Yeah, and it it just it puts like what like that one Shia like a... LaBeouf movie we watched. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. What was it? Making a woman or pieces of a woman? Pieces. Yeah, pieces, pieces of, of a woman. woman and Shia it's like LaBeouf. it's really yeah. hard to separate that. You're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. I think especially because like for the most part of them when it came to this movie, right? Um, again, I, I didn't find out about this to like the back half. Um, it felt like this could have been taken as like a father-daughter relationship, did, right? Did you like, look it up her. the moment did you look it up the moment she said, I think I love you? No, no, I just like decided to scroll through the letterbox reviews real quick and just like see what was being said about it. Mm. Um, and then I would I saw like a bunch of one a couple of one stars. I'm like, oh, what did the one stars have to say? It's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's fucking weird. <laughs> the director is the director based is all of his 15-year-old mistress now wife. It's like, oh wow, okay, that's that's a lot to take in. I wonder what's gonna happen next in the movie. And then it's a Marilyn Monroe scene. It's like, oh no. 
Yeah. Oh, God. And then you have like Natalie Portman talking about how this was a very dark experience for her personally that she, she looks back at very, very, very poorly. And it's like, oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> uh... Anyway, back to the movie. It's great. <laughs> Back but to the, the movie, movie. It is, the director really knows how to capture beauty. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it makes it it makes it hard to figure out exactly how to handle the situation. Um, I do feel like this movie almost kind of it's gonna be weird. It gives me almost John Wick vibes in terms of Leon. I think it's especially just the way he's capable of killing people. Yeah, um, but also that. isn't. Like, again, when you think of a hitman, ruthless killer, doesn't care about anybody, could be cool as hell or just could could be doing the job either way. Yeah. But with this one, you see the side of, oh, he just does it as a job and cares yeah. about people. He's a professional, damn it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that especially like at a visual level, I feel like there must have been some inspiration to John Wick. There's a lot of sequences, um, both in the first one of the movie where he's attacking that safe house and also when the white dreads guy is talking about how the, the the meeting with the Chinese people were, was like attacked. Oh, and there's this one shot of like Leon, like just shulking into the shadow. It doesn't even feel like he's walking. It's like, he just slides into the darkness. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, that felt very John wick to me. Um, as, as well as the sequence where he's just, he's holding himself to the roof. And then he like, like, uh, what is amazing core strength. Amazing core yeah, strength yeah. for when the he man does the amazing core strength move where he stands like I don't know just, what I can't when he's just hanging by he he's hanging by his legs and then like does a backwards sit up I guess you want to call it but yeah. like that's a dick you gotta pull yourself up by your stomach really yeah. yeah and he's just gunning these people down he gets shot and he's fine just lifts himself back up just felt very John Wick to me which uh, I thought was really fucking fun despite the fact I haven't seen John Wick three still uh, so I think good. I think it is. I think it's a good it's a good it's a good thriller. I think it's a really good thriller. I agree. I think that's the best yeah. way to put it. Honestly. I think we covered for the most part of it. People debate whether Oldman's overacting in this one because no, I can I can kinda no, I can no, kind of see it. He did not overact. Well no, because he, no, no, he, I, he I love it. I love it perfectly. <laughs> I love the performance, but I could see that you don't really get the basics for uh, Stansfield is yeah corrupt DEA agent. Agent. Yeah, that's it. You don't need to be like, oh, he's doing this for a reason or something. He's just a crazy. It's like, all right, whatever. Yeah. He's a corrupt cop. He's psychotic. You and don't I'll need go, more of I'll it. I'll go a little further with it. I'll say that the reveal that he's a cop is done really well because you don't know he's a cop when he's killing when he kills the family. Yeah, you only find out no. he's a cop when uh, Natalie Portman's character. Is like back at the house, and she, you like she hears them, like the other cops speaking shit. to him. Yeah, and that's when you realize yeah. he's actually a corrupt DA agent. I had just assumed he was like a crime boss type of guy. Um, so I think that yeah. reveal is actually really well done. Yeah, it is. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, people, it's I can get why it's a love and a hate a performance because it's not just shouting, but he's acting very erratic and is insane. Yeah, I think. But he's made also, a Joker, but it's also known. Yeah, but he's also known as one of the best villains in any movie. Yeah, I mean Garrett O'Leary. And I do Oldman's like the way amazing. it ends. Yeah, I do like the way the movie ends, though. With with between with, him and Leon, or with Matilda. Both. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'd say both. Actually, is a fair point. Here's um, the thing: the final this was the last sorry. movie I this is the last movie I saw, and it got me thinking. And this is a spoiler for the other Hitman movies, I guess. Does every Hitman movie end with the guy dying? 
Transporter had several sequels. He's not really a hitman, is he? He's not a hitman. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hold yeah. On. No, 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 no. I can think of something. Right? Because I feel like what's the most hit? I mean, I, I just. Yeah, everything we've seen with a hitman in it, he's dead. Why is the 2007 Hitman movie on Disney Plus? That's weird. That's weird. I'm assuming it's only on the UK's uh, Hitman Bodyguard. Did, did, did anyone die in the Hitman's Bodyguard? There's a sequel, so no. Okay, there we go. But, he, he, but he's, a, he's a bodyguard to a Hitman. So any movie where the Hitman's the main character, you're saying? Actually, no, I already said that the last two, the other movies you've seen with Hitman in it, they died and they weren't the main characters. So no. And we got him in a corner, boys. It's over. Tyler but still, for the most part, they do, right? Yeah, I mean, I think Hitman is one of those professions that at a narrative level, it feels like... They I, have to die because if they, yeah. if they, quote unquote, get away with it or escape, that cheapens it, I guess? Or like, like how do you make a Hitman movie where he lives? A Hitman by career is difficult to write off as a good person. Even if you give them rules, you're still portraying them as a killer. And I think at like, there's a, there's when it, when it's their literal career and job like that, I think that a lot of writers would probably just be like, and they get redemption through death by doing something kind of good, or at least feeling bad about something they did, which is kind of right. Because otherwise, because otherwise, what do you do? Like in this case, in this case, Leon goes in the shootout. He saves Matilda. She runs off to a school to like get it's a school for like abused girls. I think it was. Yes, yeah. No? Yeah. It was troubled girls. I think was the word they used. Troubled girls. Yeah. But like she runs off to that and he saves her. Stanfield shoots him. And then before he bleeds out, he hooks the grenades that he has and blows them up. Yeah. He does a ring trick. How how else do you end it? You'd have to Just do maybe with a hitman and that's tire it. ring? Like, not in this case, I guess. In in this case, I do think it, it works fine with him dying comparatively to him living with Matilda, mostly because if this director had yeah. them, had him living with Matilda, it would be, be so much more problematic. <laughs> um, I think in other movies, you could probably do fine with the, the hitman just retiring. But I don't think you could end a Hitman movie without like the John Wick sequel. Well, how does well? How do you think John Wick's gonna end? Because like he's not really his whole point is he. Though. Well, he's he was he came back from it. That's true. He's, that, that, that's that's the reverse, the right? Yeah, that's the reverse. I would say that John Wick still also has to end with him dying. Yeah, but they're they're probably gonna drag it on for a bit. They're gonna drag it on for fucking ever though. Yeah, because they have making spin so off. much money. They kind of already did, but I mean, like the third one has the best action, even though the story kind of goes all over the place. There's nowhere left for the story to go. He just needs to keep avenging his dog. <laughs> That's it. Well, there's, no, you didn't see else. you didn't see the third one. You didn't see the third one. They keep going. There's a way that they keep doing it. So it might be the last one next time, but I doubt it. It's it's hard to do a, a single character hired gun movie without just like keeping the same idea running or killing them. Because at some point mm. they earn such a body count that the only like real catharsis way for the story to end is with them dying. Yeah. Because if you end with John Wick just retired again, it kind of feels like everything we just saw was like this weird couple of months for John Wick where he went killing people again. But now he stopped. <laughs> oh and boy, like, here I go killing again. <laughs> They're just going to reboot the series with him retired for like five, 10 years or something yeah. with another dog. And then another dog <laughs> dies. man, John Wick. <laughs> and then his dog gets kidnapped and killed again. <laughs> <laughs> like what what else do you do at that point having them just straight retire like that isn't cathartic i think or the only way huh? he he retires you know has a family and then bam we're into taken 
I think there is a way to do it. I think, I mean, that, that actually, that is a fun way to do it. Wait, that's just the same thing. How did they even end Taken 3? I know they killed his wife after they got back together, but I don't even know what happened past I don't even that. remember. Like, I think there is a way to do a Hitman story like that. And it's it's by stealing from One Piece, actually. So I don't know how much I can really say here, technically. But I'll, I'll right, say well, it vaguely. Let's just wrap no, I'll say it, no, no, this is, I think, I, I'll say this vaguely for Faison to understand. If you were to have a cop and you were to have a Hitman, and then you were to have the cop die and have him have built a sort of mutual, like, you know, heat, like, you know, we're not too different, you and I, relationship yeah. with the Hitman, right? And then maybe have the hitman protecting his family you get what i'm going you understand what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? yeah yeah i get what you're he saying understands what I'm i get it i think that type of story could work and there you go tyler that's a type of hitman story i think that could work for you to understand without spoilers sure <laughs> it's just a good story all right you could use that story beat in almost any that's situation true. where you yeah. have it. enemies and it works like a fucking charm it's a great story beat um so feel free to steal that potential writers listening <laughs> i still like my moving john wick into taken <laughs> what if john wick is just a taken prequel that's what i'm along. saying oh man he has a certain set of skills and then we like we have like a cutaway to him as john wick like gunning people down someone killed my dog once i'm not gonna let him kill my daughter <laughs> all right anyway, do you, back to leon do you have anything else to talk about with leon uh no uh, i think i think we kind of got it good action good cat good acting good performances solid mood mm. it's a good movie weird bit awkward yeah yeah awkward uh yeah but it's definitely worth the watch <laughs> even though those scenes are very very weird yeah i mean i, I liked it before i found out you know what happened yeah so i don't know how don't, much i would have liked it old. watching it normally it's tough to say yeah well i guess on that note though uh Cut the you want to take it away the next one or actually no commercial that's right you're welcome <laughs> yeah actually we tyler do we have a particular we'll do that at the end i guess if we do have that particular yeah let's just go to commercial yeah. let's just go to commercial now all right we'll be back if you have the time don't forget to check out the bite size review podcast there i review tv shows and movies so that you don't have to your time is precious and you don't have time to waste it so each week, I'll review a TV show or a movie and give you a bite-sized review. See you there. So y'all got any... Uh, I, I, I got something. I saw Venom uh, this week. Yeah? Venom 2. How was it? It's a mess. It's a lot of fun, despite that. Woody Harrelson is weird. <laughs> Woody Harrelson's a very weird man. Um, however, the post credit scene is... Uh, Huge, hype as hell, apparently insanely hype. I would love I to hear, spoil it right here. I hear it's the best. He, I hear it's the best part of the whole movie, really. Yes, no, it definitely is. I mean, it's definitely the best part. Of, I would argue it's probably the best end credit scene we've had since, uh, like probably very early on, like Phase One MCU. You know, like just getting the Avengers together. I say it's probably the best post credit scene we've had since then. Wow, I can't think of one. It. It, it feels like it makes perfect sense. And it's kind of I was expecting something like this to happen eventually. But it was like, OK, this is this is big. This is good. And I'm excited. Uh, I can't say much more than that. But I, I think the post credit scene was hype as shit. Carnage looks amazing. I think that the actual fight between Venom and Carnage is really fun. Except that there's just this one weird moment where like Venom is like, we need sound. And he punches a woman in the face. And it's just... <laughs> <laughs> We need sound. 
<laughs> the only way to kill a symbiote is like fire or sound. And he's like, fire's not working. We need sound. So he punches a woman of color right in the face. <laughs> he just sends her down. In the <laughs> okay. It makes a bit more sense in context, but it's, it, it's <laughs> no still having fucking done. <laughs> it will. It will. It'll make, go watch Venom. It'll make sense. Watch a crappy cam version of it or something. Or maybe, maybe it's on something <laughs> eventually. Um, God. Okay. But on that, uh, yeah. note, <laughs> on that note, take it away. Whoever's next. Uh, next movie, 2004's Collateral, directed by Michael Mann, starring uh, Tom Cruise as uh, Vincent and Jamie Foxx as Max. It's the story of Max, the cab driver, who uh, picks up who kept, picks up one person, thinking it's going to be a normal night, and it turns out Vincent is a hitman, and he's going on a crime spree tonight. Yeah, simple enough yeah. yeah i think all hitman movies can be summarized pretty simply right yeah, yeah. If, you're gonna, if, if you're gonna have a hitman movie with nuance the nuance has to come from like character emotion and it's kind of hard to summarize character emotion so you just kind of gloss over that when you do a little synopsis like this mm-hmm. um yeah this movie uh we watched it together and we, we kind of made fun of it at least me and phase i were making fun of it i am very much surprised how much it has grown on me um, since we watched it together. I was texting Tyler about this. I was very surprised. In, how much in what ways? I think that a lot of aspects of it work really, really well upon reflection of them. Um, so I guess just to kind of run through some of those, I guess, uh, I think that the character dynamic is probably, I'd say, the strongest between all three movies. Uh, Tom Cruise's character, I think, runs as a really good foil for... Uh, Jamie Foxx's character in the film. Yeah. Jamie Foxx is this kind of like timid. Uh, he has dreams, but he's honestly not taking any real steps to achieve them. He's in this. He's, he's basically just running in place where he's been for the past 12 years. He's too scared to text the girl. He's too scared <laughs> to make any major jumps. He won't talk back to his boss. Uh, he comes off almost as like he's very passive, right? Yeah. And then here comes Tom Cruise in salt and pepper beard who just fucking he just absolutely throws a wrench in his life and makes him do everything he's never had the balls to do. He makes him tell his boss to go fuck off, right? Yep. He gets mm-hmm. he forces him in a situation where he needs to be pretend to be somebody completely different than who he is, right? And embody a level of confidence that he's never really done in his real life. Um, what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, that's fair and um, (laughs) (laughs) i thought you were going for some of the frozen food i was like why are you doing this now (laughs) that sounds so bad on your part you know that right (laughs) what are you doing i need medicine (laughs) (laughs) faster if you make all the noise at once Oh my god. What what are Any- you doing? How could you? I need medicine. I'm dying. Uh <clears throat> sorry. Um <laughs> uh yeah, he pushes Jamie Foxx to do all these things he wouldn't do, right? And he just exists. It almost feels like he's like Jamie Foxx's subconscious as as a character. He's all these things he wants to be and wants to be able to do, but he's never been willing to make the jump for. Yep. And Tom Cruise embodies that person. He He's completely assured in what he's doing. Like his thoughts are go far forward, like just forward. I guess it's like he's always like just pushing forward, like doing shit. 
which is exactly what Jamie Foxx has been too scared to do this entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's great. I think the entirety of Tom Cruise's philosophy is pretty perfect for a hitman. Just like extremely nihilistic. Everything's random. The city's so disconnected. People don't care about each other. Um, you know, we're all just meaningless specks on a spinning speck of dust and everything you do is worthless. The whole yeah. bit he, he, about the, the story he told us about a dead body on the train and nobody notices for like a week. Yeah, uh, he's extremely nihilistic, right? Which I think also ends up working fantastically in foil to Jamie Foxx's character, who when like faced with that same nihilism, the same idea that he's been so worthless and that there's nothing he does that has any fucking value, it's all garbage. Well, then why don't I just, since nothing matters anyway, why don't I make a choice that I think matters? And he rams the car into like a police ramp or something, mm. flipping it over and actually throwing a wrench in Tom Cruise's plans for the first time in the movie. Yep. Um, I think, yeah, I think that that whole, those two characters, their dynamic, their relationship, their beliefs, who they are, I think all of that is extremely well fleshed out. I think it works perfectly. And I think it's the best part of the movie. I do think there's some stupid things in these movies. Movie Very that I don't stupid like, things. Two stupid things come to mind for me. But Tyler, I'll let you say what you were going to say first. No, I agree with you. The chemistry and the whole dynamic between the two of them uh, is pretty great. I mean, the, yes, Vincent is a ruthless killer, but there's times whenever he's in the t- car talking to Max and isn't like forcing him to either get out of the car or do something, it seems like they would have had some sort of relationship if his job wasn't a hitman. Yeah. And then there's another part that people were debating online was, do you think he would have killed them? Vincent? Yeah. I think so, too. But there's a point. Obviously, he could he could have just been lying. But there's a point where Max should have asked him, like, oh, are you going to kill me at the end of this? And he says, I don't know. And there's multiple points out the entire movie where Vince's Vincent's night would have been much easier if Max would be dead. But he doesn't kill him. That's a fair point. We know that Vincent has done this before, right? This isn't the first time he's done this because the police say, you know, oh, I remember when there was this other weird string of killings and then the The taxi driver himself. Yeah, right. But I think there was someone else in the car. I do think it's possible that, you know, at the same time, he's. it was I think it was definitely Vincent. And I think Mm -hmm. more interestingly that Vincent might just have been bored by the person that he picked that night, Mm -hmm. where in this case, maybe he wasn't. Um, it is a I bit mean, of an the, assumption to make, but I mean, Vincent didn't have to get in his car. He was walking away and then uh, Max calls him back saying, oh, no, I'm sorry. Getting in the car. Yeah. But yeah, I really I feel like he would kill him. But at the same time, there's a lot of evidence to show that maybe he wouldn't. I, I truly think it would have been a bit of a coin flip. I think, you know, someone like Vincent is clearly not. I wouldn't say he's all there <laughs> um, from a psychological level. Mm hmm. Um, so I do think it would have really come down to his emotions in the moment um, after killing the the DA officer or the DA lawyer or whatever, attorney. The attorney, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it would have really come down to how he was feeling about Jamie Foxx's character in that moment. I, and I, think honestly, that, I honestly, I think that anybody who took him all the way, he would have been bored with. Honestly, I don't anyone who took him to all his stops, him. I think he would have killed. I don't think he would have killed them because there's multiple moments. Because when he tosses the, his bag in the air and loses all the information, he could have killed him right then, but then he would have lost the anonymity he wanted to have. Yeah. But at the same time, that would have saved him so much time and he would have succeeded in his mission. Maybe. I don't know. I think that anyone who took him to all four stops would not have intrigued him enough to keep them alive. Mm. 
I think it's the fact that Jamie Foxx kept pushing back against him throughout the entire movie, which could only lead to him ultimately like rebelling against him entirely. Right. And trying to stop him outright. Mm. I think that's what made him interesting to someone like Vincent. Who believes that but nothing matters anyway? Didn't the the cop also mention that the same thing happened a while back? Yeah, yeah the taxi did. driver. This is this yeah. has happened before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I th- I think Vincent would have been dead, but if he had stood there, because to stay there, I think was basically to sign his own death warrant. Mm. You mean Max would have been dead, not Vincent? Max, I'm sorry, Max would have been dead. I keep getting the names. I'm so terrible with fucking names. Mm. Um, I do either way, yeah, that, yeah. You can argue both ways that if he would have killed him or not, because it's there. Yeah, definitely enough evidence there and enough ambiguity to make it work how you feel it would work. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were two things I thought were pretty stupid in this movie. One, I think the entire fucking Mark Ruffalo Cholo plot line really <laughs> did not need to be here. I, I see. Yeah. no, I can't see any value in it. I wish that was a little bit better because Mark Ruffalo is great and like he's anything he's in. Yeah. So like seeing him, it's like, oh, OK, he's going to be in it. And then he gets killed very unceremoniously and it's not even they don't even go back to the police subplot after they get wiped out yeah it just ends it just ends it's like oh there's some hope for max he'll get help and then he's dead and then they go on their way so it's like you could really just cut that whole part out you can go you can have a scene with the police like trying to find them but you shouldn't make it like that important i think i honestly yeah i think you can cut the whole plot out and it'd probably be a bit tighter because really, again, the crux of the movie is is Vincent and Max, and their. I mean, I guess they had that scene in there. I mean, they had it in there to like show outside pressure, but. I yeah. mean, you would yeah. also Ra- get the, you, the... you would get the information about the other cab driver too. So, I guess where like, else would you get learn that? Yeah, and I guess it also raises the stakes because now we know that there are more than just criminals after Max and Vincent in this. Yeah. Plus, it, but plus, it's the whole thing of oh, Max is going to get framed for a bunch of murders, and he's going to get fucked. Yeah. But is but any of that worth it. it? Yeah. Where is any of that worth it for a subplot that goes nowhere and is just kind of bad? No. It's right. Not. Well, yeah. well, it I mean, doesn't it, feel like if it was we... better. Yes. Sure. If it was better. Yes. But I'm, what we got. No. Yeah. I mean, but we can only judge what we got. Right. And it's yeah, just yeah, ultimately yeah. wasn't worth what it gave us. And as, as opposed to getting what we got, I would rather get none of that plot line whatsoever and have it purely focused Fair. on Vincent and Max. That's just me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I also think that three minute song is fucking ridiculous <laughs> yeah all right let me look up that song because yeah. that song has been de- i mean like that scene uh, there's a scene in the movie where yeah after like every hit they're driving around in a taxi so they're just talking about whatever and then a bunch of coyotes go into the road max stops and then the song by Soundgarden plays and i'm gonna find the lyrics in a second but the scene itself is like very divisive because people are like oh what the hell does it mean it's, I mean, for me, Chris and I, we discussed this the whole time. Yeah. Well, Faison, you go ahead first since we have I was going to say, it, it was really just jarring because they never use music at all, like that often throughout the whole movie. And then all of a sudden, we just have a fucking three minute song playing at full volume. Oh, obviously, <laughs> if not Soundgarden. Uh, yeah, yeah obviously. That was really it. I didn't know what else to add to that. Well, well what's, what's your take I, on the fox scene, on the coyote scene, rather? Uh, I didn't really think about it. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. Is there is there like something behind it? Arguably, that you guys think? Well, so Chris me, me thinks and, one way, and I think and the, other. the other. And that people are divided over the scene because they say it's too ambiguous, but also at the same time very obvious. And me and Chris are exactly that because he thinks it's one thing, and I think it's the other. Yeah, I think I also think that it could apply to either of the two ways we're talking about. Pretty yeah, easily. you can you can do either or. Yeah. 
Tyler, do you want to start with yours? So, yeah, the Coyotes go into the goal and Max hits the brakes because he doesn't want to hit anything and lets this Coyote stop the car. He waits a minute, they leave, and then he goes on. So for me, the Coyote is Vincent. It's a dangerous creature who's not supposed to be in the middle of L.A. He's only there to hunt. He stops Max's tracks, and Max can't do anything until he leaves. So that's just Vincent okay. and Max. So um, for me, I think I think the the core part of me, what me and Tyler don't necessarily see to, uh, eye to eye on exactly, he sees the coyote as like I guess a dangerous animal. Uh, in my eyes, coyotes are not particularly dangerous. They tend to avoid humans at all costs. You yeah, hear that they, coyotes? Like, they, you hear that coyotes? Like He's talking smart. shit. I'm talking shit, but, they, but they hunt like smaller animals, right? Yeah, they hunt like mice, but like a, a coyote ain't gonna fuck with a human. A coyote ain't even gonna fuck. Yeah, with but they're like, you know what I mean? Yeah, they will. Uh, a pack of coyotes. Uh, you want to like, go into the woods right now? There's coyotes in there. If I think that call if they want, Chris, call them out. Fuck you, coyotes who don't live in the United Kingdom. I I think that if they were going for this, it's a dangerous predator. I think that. Even like I mean I guess an obvious one would be something like a wolf or even a bobcat, which I think are which yeah, are they don't have to LA. they don't have wolves in L.A. They have bobcats. That's why I said that's why I followed up with bobcat immediately. <laughs> yeah, but like a bobcat's a genuinely like... dangerous predator. Coyotes are innocuous, right? So for me, the coyote feels more representative of Vince of a Max, right? It's it's this kind of lonely animal that has no real purpose here, and it's kind of just lost in it and directionless in what it's doing. And when Max stops and he looks at the coyote, I, it kind of feels like it's representative of him in that he's truly been just running in place for 12 years. He's lost and not making any active decisions. He's just kind of this lonely, scared animal who won't make any meaningful connections with anyone else, just like Vincent says about everyone in LA. He's too scared to make any connection with like his mother or even with uh, Jada, Jada's character in the movie. Yeah. So to me, the fox, the the coyote felt representative of like just his just his disconnect from everything else. In the same way that the fox is disconnected from the, the coyote is disconnected from the city. It really looked like a fox to me at first. I, don't, I can <laughs> can't can't shake that. I can see both. I'd say. Yeah, the seed's super ambiguous, but also just very like blatantly there for you to look at. So I think it, either one really can apply. Yeah, and then I just sent the lyrics to the actual song, and it—I can see the how it's relevant to the movie. Oh yeah, definitely. Like the course is yeah. I can tell you why people die alone. I can tell you I'm that shot in the sun. That's basically yeah. yeah I, I don't I don't disagree arc. that like the song the song makes sense. It's mm-hmm. just when it's you just never that you shouldn't be song. There. Yeah, it shouldn't. It's be just there. that when you play a whole entire song over a scene, that's it's not exactly out of place, but it's like the most symbolic thing in the whole movie, and it kind of takes you out of it. Yeah. It it just yeah, exactly. Like it's so much. It feels like it's going to end several times over, but then the song keeps going as well. Yeah. It I thought maybe it'd be like a 1 minute 30 second little song clip. They play the whole fucking song. Like it's literally song the whole either. song. It's, it's not, it's a, not bad a bad song. song. I was just I was watching a movie. I wasn't listening to a song a moment ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was living a completely different life. Yeah. Um. Oh, this movie got nominated twice. Jimmy Fox. Jimmy Fox got nominated twice in the same year for two different roles, and this is one of them. And Hmm. then it got nominated for best editing, which is weird. Do you think Tom Cruise is better than Jamie Fox in this? I guess Fox had the more range because he's 
yeah. goes from terrified to more confident later and Cruz is more he's level headed and then gets more manic later, but I feel like yeah. Cruz Cruz isn't bad at this. Cruz is great in this. Cruz is they're both great in this. I do think that like you said, Fox does just get to do more. Yeah. So I would I would give it to Fox at the end of the day. Because uh-huh. like Cruz's character isn't supposed to have an arc. He has a belief in how things are. And by the end of the movie, he feels like he's validated that belief by dying mm. on this train and not asking them to to move his body, you know, knowing mm. that he's just going to be in the like, just like the train, the person he talked about earlier in the film. He kind of validates his own belief in the city. Mm. Um, so I don't because of that, he doesn't he doesn't have an arc. He doesn't have any real steps to go through. He just has like not angry and then angry. <laughs> yeah. 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 Whereas Jamie Foxx just gets a whole whole range of things. Mm. That's fair. I do want to say something cool about the final shootout that I, I learned after the fact. Um, it turns out because, you know, throughout the movie, he says, like, I think in two different occasions, he says, oh, I got lucky I got with, lucky the with the lights. Yep. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie in the subway fight, he actually times the lighting um, for when Vincent is not going to be able to see him yeah. in order mm-hmm. for him to take the shots at Vincent and get the kill. Um, so I just think that's like a really good little moment that I didn't even catch like when watching a, the film. But there was a stupid was letterbox of you saying like, oh, this movie so ending is so stupid. How did Max get the kill on a professional? It's like he got lucky. Yeah, he got yeah. lucky. He got lucky. He, with, you know, he got lucky with the lights. Exactly. You got he got <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. If for anybody to go up a professional hitman, you're probably going to lose. But when you yeah. both have a gun and you're both more or less shooting randomly, one of you is going to hit. I don't I don't really think it was luck. I think it, I think it does come down to his from like uh vincent hates the city he fucking hates la uh max he doesn't necessarily i don't think he necessarily hates or loves it per se but he sure as hell knows it and throughout the course of this movie the city very much feels like a living breathing thing just that's the one thing uh, about this movie i love too that la is basically a character too yeah Yeah. exactly i think that's a perfect way to put it whenever there's like a need for something it feels like the city can provide it for max like when Max decides to make this big change is because in front of him, there's a very particular roadblock he's now able to take advantage of. Mm. It does feel like the city is on Max's side here. And when it came to the lighting, it feels like Max is so intimately, he, and he knows the city so intimately that he's able to time out that shot, knowing that Vincent won't be able to see him. Mm. And yep. if, even if like he's not a professional fighting against a professional, he just like tripled his odds to get yep. to, to win this fight. Yeah, so I think that's just, I, I, think, I think it was less luck and more you know, home turf, I guess is the way to put it. Plus his last line before getting shot, Vincent just yelling out, Max, I'm professional. Uh, no, Max, I do this for a living is a great way to go out. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is actually. Which is a top. Well, I guess it wasn't his last line, but not his last line. Last I mean, like, to get yeah. to say before you get shot. Yeah. His delivery. What are you going to do? Shoot me? <laughs> says the man who, says got shot. man who got shot. <laughs> what am I? It's not the best moment, but a very memorable moment in the movies when uh, uh, Max is handcuffed to the steering wheel and gets robbed, and then Cruz comes. I mean, Vincent comes back out saying, "Yo, homie, that my briefcase?" And it's like, "Oh, they're dead. They're yeah. so yeah. dead." <laughs> you know it. God, his delivery yeah. of that line is like it shouldn't work for Tom Cruise saying, "Yo, homie," but like, but it, it worked. It works because like, yeah, he's like, "Oh, you guys, you have my briefcase. You're gonna die in two seconds." I, I do want to just say I can't get over Tom Tom Cruise with like the salt and pepper beard and everything. The white hair. I don't hair. know what. Yeah, I don't it know. Just, it, works, it works with it. It just throws me every time a little bit. I can't quite explain why. I don't think there's any real reason why. I mean, for but... me, this because most Tom Cruise movies that I'm seeing, it's Tom Cruise. Yeah. This one, and 
wow, I really have, I've only seen like Mission Impossible, this and Tropic Thunder. So this and Tropic Thunder are the only Tom Cruise movies that he's not Tom Cruise in. God, yeah, Tropic Thunder. I forgot he was even in that again. Exactly. Nobody, everyone keeps forgetting that that, that Les Grossman is him. I guess it's just hard to, you know, think about him being there when you also have Robert Downey Jr. in blackface. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, it's good. Watch Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Great movie. I know we're not talking about it this week, but it's a good fucking movie. Yep. Um, but yeah, so is this. Collateral, I think I didn't give it enough credit when we first watched it. But there were some really... scenes where it was <laughs> it was a little too ridiculous. There was it was unintentionally funny in the backhand of the movie. When yeah. when, when Max is trying just to get... fucking he's just sprinting. Vincent's on the second floor, like two floors away, and he my guy's like four blocks away. <laughs> he grabs a garbage can to break a window and he's like, Oh wait, I have a gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm fine with those scenes. I'm put, I don't know but if it's meant like, to be funny, but it is. Tom he also Cruise was just guessing yeah. right in every direction. He's like, oh, no, he didn't turn left. He went right. He's supposed <laughs> to be the Terminator. Somebody said, oh, he's robotic in the movie. That's a negative. It's like, he's a hitman. That's yeah, well, that's in purpose. line. Yeah, I do think that's funny where he's like chasing Jada. And he just trips over a chair. Yeah, like, he, he breaks the window chair. with the chair, and then I think, I think that it. It. <laughs> I think that goes into it because at that point he's losing. He's not like. He's That's supposed true. to be. He's not. He's not point. like as composed as he used Normally to be. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just it comes off visually funny. <laughs> also, yeah, the club it. shootout I thought was a little funny because <laughs> they're just like people are getting shot exit. and they're just there's one exit. No one's leaving. Yeah. <laughs> they're uh, like so in the beginning, like somebody gets shot and they're they're all still just dancing or like not shot but like beat up, <laughs> and everybody's still just dancing around the guy. I mean, granted, have you been in a club when someone gets beat up? I don't think that much. Yeah, yeah, just tell that I to mean, Travis Scott. Would you know, yeah, true. keep walking, keep walking. <laughs> I mean, when you break somebody's neck, I'm sure pe- the, immediate the immediate people around you, sure, yeah, would realize. Oh, hey, this guy's head's backwards. Yeah. Also, the the target just sitting there the whole time while there's a whole shootout happening. In he front was of him. very confident that he wasn't gonna die. <laughs> he was. <laughs> He was just there. He didn't move until the end. He's like pointing a gun at you, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Oh, what's your guy's favorite hit from the movie? From this movie? Yeah. Um, the second one with the jazz musician. Yep. Yeah, that's the best one in my opinion. Yeah, because the second you, one is the best. Yeah, because you honestly do think it's like, "Oh, I got free time. We can." It's like, I'll go to a club. I'm not gonna do anything. We're just hang out. And then you realize mm-hmm. he's a target, and he does love jazz music, so he's kind of. I don't know if he's actually would have let him go, but he no, sets up a not a question. Because yeah. he, he, kill he killed him yeah. on a technicality. Yeah. He, he was never going to let him go. Yeah, yeah, he knew the answer, and he purposely set it up like that. Yeah, I think that was the best hit. What was your favorite yeah. hit in Leon, actually? Because you kind of ran... I guess there aren't really that many hits. There's in only There's not really the hits in that. There's the opening the one and the ending, and then I don't think there's a hit. Yeah, there's the... I guess, I don't. It's not a flashback, but we don't see it until the story is told. But there's only three times where you see Leon murder everybody, and it's yeah. like they're all great. There I is guess, the murder montage. Yeah, I guess the first one is the best one for me, but it's not really like a hit in this. So. In this sense, that's yeah, fair. I agree with yeah, that's fair. Are there any other thoughts with this movie, though? I think it's the coolest one. Like the we gave the best acting and best uh, action to Leon. This one is definitely like the coolest one. I like, could say the whole that. stylized one and aesthetic. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is the coolest on movie. Happens in a night type of situation, which is always fun. We've talked about movies like and that. It happens over one night. That's always fun. Yeah. I know we originally, I think we actually wanted this to be in a category with um, 
the Tom Patterson movie. Uh, Which one? Tom, Tom Patterson. Pa- Sprite. Tom. Tom Patterson. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Sprite bottle that's filled with acid. Who are you? Oh, okay, who, gems? Robert, who are you trying Robert, to talk Robert about? Robert, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson? Robert Pattinson. What do you say, Tom- Robert Sprite? He said Tom Patterson. <laughs> And I said a Sprite bottle filled with acid. <laughs> yeah. I don't have this in that category. Didn't we Didn't we want to do a category that was all in one night, like movies that take place all in the, over the course of a single night? Oh, wait. Yeah, we did. I don't think I had Thank this you. in there. Okay. Well, sh- shut up, Tyler. All right. Uh, we don't anyways. need you to be on a technicality with this. Anyways, um, yeah. commercial? Commercial. commercial. I am Wes. Modern mythology enthusiast and defender of the realm of toy collecting. This is Andy, my fearless friend. Fabulous secrets were revealed to me the day I powered up my dynamic mic and said, Welcome to Fandom Power! Andy became the mighty producer Andrew Daw, and I became host Wes, the newest pop culture podcaster on the interwebs. Only two others shared this secret, friend of the show and regular co-host Hank McLaughlin, and my lovely wife, Kimberly. Together, we explore the realms of fandom and bring it to you as only we can. Fandom Power is available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Fandom Power is a Sawcast production. Does anybody have anything? Yeah, I don't got... I don't got... I, I talked about Venom earlier. Uh, uh, I showed you guys that... Um... The trailer for the Adult Swim show, right? Oh yeah, you show me that. Oh yeah, Facebook, Facebook? I watched it. Yeah, that yeah. looks fucking fantastic. Yeah, it Pippi, does. Apparently, the trailer came out, and it's just, it's a preschool. It's an Adult Swim show about a preschool cartoon character mm-hmm. whose show gets corrupted by this black void, and like it's corrupting every other Cartoon Network show, and it looks ridiculous. Yeah, I it it doesn't even look like a show. It didn't look like a show at first. At first, I thought it was just like a cool adult swim short type of thing that they do, you know? Yeah. It's like a bizarre little animation that's like, oh, this is fucking cool as shit, you know? And then Tyler's like, yeah, you know, people can't wait for the show. I'm like, what? <laughs> this is a product I get to consume, Tyler? Yeah, I thought it was just like a TikTok thing or something. I mean, it, the trailer came out on Halloween without any, like, it didn't say it was a show or not, but then a few days later, it got trademarked, and everyone's like, oh, so wait, you're actually doing something with this. So yeah, we're hoping I- it actually is a thing. I, I I hope so now because I'm going to be really fucking disappointed if it's not Tyler. If you got me excited. No, I this. think it is. It has a Wikipedia page and everything. Right. Okay. And it says all the dead characters already. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're going to we're going to assume that it's coming out. I want to point out Johnny and Plank survive this. Really? They're, I don't and remember. And and I know. I'm trying Plank. to remember which one's Johnny. Is he the one with the dentures thing? Johnny's the one holding the wood. John, yeah. Johnny and Plank. Do you think they'd separate the two? Ed. I think it actually would have been a great, interesting character arc if they did. <laughs> what? But Plank's nobody alone? understands Plank except for Johnny. Yeah, it, I, it's just Plank and the Swedish kid, and <laughs> they can't actually communicate Ralph? with each other. Ralph, yeah. It's, it's just Ralph shows up, life has many doors into child's rabbit girl. I did see a comment that said, like, this show's probably going to have the most annoying fan base of all time. Oh and I could God, see it. Right. Probably. Yeah, it definitely will. How did I find One Piece Edit and Eddie crossover art? Where the fuck am I? I'm just on Johnny Edit Eddie on Google. Okay, Chris. Chris, I don't know what Whatever you, you look up in your free time, you do you. It's yeah. Blackbeard as Ed. Okay, that's what they all say. <laughs> and the last movie we're talking about. 
<laughs> our, our last movie is in Bruges. Um, after a particularly difficult job, Hitman Ray, played by Colin Farrell, and Ken, played by Brendan Gleeson, head to Belgium to hide out until things cool down. Ray hates the middle medieval city they land in, but Ken finds his beauty and peacefulness enchanting. Their experiences become increasingly surreal and possibly life-changing as they encounter tourists, locals, an American dwarf, and a potential romance for Ray. This movie's hilarious. It's fucking hilarious. I I thought, Chris didn't like it. Much. I found it so funny. I don't know how I, you didn't like it compared to, like, it's a, it's Martin McDowell, same guy who did Seven Psychopaths. I know, know, I know. I, listen, I watched it first thing in the morning. It could be, I mean, I was a little under the weather. Could be I was just too tired. I was just too sick. You know, maybe just the, the universe was not clicking in the right order for this movie for me. But I didn't find it particularly funny. I, I, I said this. There were two gags in the movie that really got me. It was one where Colin Farrell's character, he was just he was swearing. I think he was swearing at some somebody. I don't fucking remember. who. He cursed the out couple. an American family for calling them and called them fat. But maybe that said, was it. But they, they were Canadian. They're Canadian. Yes. <laughs> But they said like, oh, the oh, yeah, we're going to go up to the tower. He's like, I wouldn't do that. It's like, why? Well, well, look at you. It's now as hell up there. You're not going to fit. And then they got insulted, obviously. And then, yeah, that whole thing happens. Even well, Ken, even Ken comes back. It's like, oh, are they going up there? Yeah. Oh, fellas, you shouldn't do that. It's like, hey, fuck you, too. What? I think it's I might be that scene where like he sits down and then he looks at a dog and mm-hmm. there's this this bizarrely design looking animal. <laughs> Feels like just a sick sickly dog and for some reason just the image of that dog's face staring back at him absolutely fucking killed me mm. and then there's another sequence in the movie where he's talking to a incredibly racist dwarf and he says I will karate chop you and the dwarf responds with you don't know karate before getting karate chopped right in the fucking face that killed me those two scenes got huge laughs out of me I, I can't deny it the rest of the movie though you didn't laugh at near the end scene where uh, Ken is talking to the boss. Well, no, that scene too. Um, you didn't laugh at the inanimate object one? I thought that was hilarious. No. I want to point out Ray Fiennes is their boss, Harry, and he's amazing in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just the, First of all, you don't even see him until halfway through the movie, but you get... The first time you hear his voice is when Ken is reading a note that he left for him and it's just berating him saying, why the fuck do I have to talk to the fucking secretary? Where the fuck are you? Two. Why the fuck did you leave? Two, three. Get back in the fucking room, you fucking idiot. Yeah. I I, I, I can't believe I you didn't just, find this funny. I don't know. I, I You're get, an animate fucking object, Chris. I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't in the right headspace for it. That's all I can possibly think because I didn't find it that funny. I didn't find the movie that engaging. It kind of just dragged on for me. I was just kind of waiting for things to happen and things were happening and I didn't really care. But, uh, you would track that fucking comment about this dumb fucking movie, Chris. I no, I shall not. I didn't. I, I, I didn't care for it. I didn't like it. I thought it was OK. You didn't I think like was... the scene where Ken and Harry were sitting there talking and no, he I, just okay, calls I the C clarify. word. I didn't think that was funny, no, but I you do actually think so? like that scene overall where it's I, I, I like the last maybe like 15 or so minutes of the movie a decent bit. I enjoyed those the most. Hmm. The rest of the movie, I just I just didn't care for. I didn't laugh. You didn't laugh when just because of Ken, I mean, Ray's hatred of Rouge the entire movie. Because if he was born on a little small farm and I was a bit stupider, maybe it impressed me. Oh, you're really going to change up that word there. Hot yeah. Tyler, very interesting choice. 
interesting choice of words. Well, there are a lot of words from this movie that we probably shouldn't be saying on the podcast. I sense it all of them. (laughs) There's, there's, they throw out. There's liberal use of the M word. Yeah, small people. Yeah, Um, a lot, Uh, a lot of C words. Uh, that's fine. Oh, you it's fine just for me said it. Yeah, okay. It's fine for me to say. It. I'm in the You're UK. in England now. Yeah, yeah I'm in England. True. Yeah, that's just that's just part of the vocabulary. You guys aren't allowed to say it, but I, I'm able to. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a fair amount of words thrown around. We can't fucking say on the show. I don't know. I don't know what didn't do because like you guys remember, I fucking loved Seven Psychopaths. I think it was my number one. Pick yeah, pick. it was. It was. I fucking thought that movie was amazing. I fucking loved it. I don't love this. Mm. And I'm surprised. I really don't. And I I don't know. I don't know what. I didn't realize it was the same director until afterwards when I checked. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Tyler told me about this. Um, I just I just don't know. Hmm. I don't know what it was. I can't I can't tell you. Well, besides being funny, the actual plot of the movie is that they're in Bruges because uh, Ray's first hit as a hitman was to kill a priest. And he did kill the priest, except the bullet also went through the priest and hit a kid in the head. Yeah, Tyler's dying right now. Dude, I thought I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know. Like I in, in a fucked up out. in a fucked up way, I thought it was funny. It's a darkly funny movie. That's the whole point. I mean, yeah, but like darkly funny requires funny. I don't know. What's oh, I'm sorry. Was it, it like was it not funny when uh, when uh, Ken stops Ray from killing himself, even though he was about to kill him anyway? No. <laughs> you didn't think I, it was funny? It's like, what what's so funny? funny about a dead child? And I'm not talking about the dead child. Well, I'm saying in general, I've seen it before. It lost its novelty. So what's funny about this one? Why should I laugh at this particular dead child, Tyler? Well, Faison's laughing at the dead kid. I, I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. I'm laughing at the, the idea of stopping a man from killing from killing himself, even though you were about to kill him. And then he sounded so hurt that he was going to kill him. Because <laughs> Ken didn't want to kill him. Ken didn't want to kill him, but just the whole topic of what the hell are you doing? Nothing. Oh my god, you're gonna kill me. You wanna kill yourself. I'm allowed to. <laughs> I will I'll say this. You know, the idea of uh Ken's character being like sad that he was gonna kill himself when he was gonna kill him. Okay, that that's that's funny enough. I'll say that's funny, kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Not laugh out loud funny, but like oh what <laughs> two hitmen <laughs> hanging out on a playground talking about suicide and guns. <laughs> It's chuckle it's funny. Big, it's chuckle yeah, funny. That's what I'll say. Guys, can we go somewhere and talk? Sure. What about the playground? We're still on. All right, cool. The kids around? Yeah. Chuckle funny. You know, like, you know, like something like You're that. Or like even though I'm not a hater. Well, you laughed, at the like car- hater. you laughed at the karate chop after a the night karate just, chop like, was fucking hilarious. After I... a night of just doing coke and drinking with uh, Johnny the Dwarf. What's his name? It's not Johnny. Yeah, it's shit, tell her. No, no idea. Yeah, I'm not gonna even attempt that. that after the parting like of the dwarf, one. they take their oh Jimmy. Yeah, after the parting of Jimmy, they're like, oh okay. You they realize he's racist, and he's like, all right, because Ken's wife was was black, and he got offended, and they're like, all right, we gotta go. And he's like, and he's about to grab more coke. He's like, oh, back off, shorty. He's like, what? You can't do karate. He chops him in the neck. <laughs> that was funny. I'm not gonna lie. I laughed pretty loudly at that scene. I thought that was really fucking funny. It's the rest of the movie that didn't get me to laugh, Tyler. That's the issue. Like you just have a weird sense of humor. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I have a particularly weird sense of humor. I mean, to be fair, I, just I mean, think... I, I I found the movie funny, but like to be fair, uh, out of Mc, Martin McDonough's three movies, Seven Psychopaths after the the we we watched it is a lot more enjoyable than this one. Even though I think this one is the be- best best um, 
Well, no, this. Yeah, yeah, sure. Overall, this is the best written one, even though Three Billboards has some of the best uh, material. This is the best written movie out of three right now. So in both hmm. his movies and the three we're comparing it to. Interesting. I don't agree with this. What's better at all? I, I think that Seven Psychopaths is better written. Mm. I think that the screenplay of Better Psychopaths is stronger than this. I mean, they're all close, so I'm not going to be say that's wrong. So, yeah. But what about between between to these three? Leon? Honestly, I think I'd probably give it to Leon. Hmm. Again, I just don't think I like this movie very much, so I don't think I'm going to have strong feelings towards its writing, uh, since it didn't really do it for me. Okay. Um, I, I I think that Leon keeps it simple. The it's simple works well. It doesn't get things. It doesn't add superfluous plot lines that are fucking worthless, like Collateral does. Yeah, and it it doesn't it didn't make me want things to move on already like this one did. So I got it because of that by process of elimination. I give it to Leon. However, I do think Seven Psychopaths is actually insanely well written. I think Seven Psychopaths is fucking completely fantastic um, in every way. So I think that one. I, I give that one like a. This one is the best, right? Uh, the most well written because it is truly the most well written to me of them. All right. So you got Leon for this three, and then overall psychopaths, yeah. even though you haven't seen billboards yet. Yeah. Oh, first, yeah, I haven't seen billboards yet. Again, also with these three, it's not like such super strong feelings because, again, I don't think Leon's like exceptionally well written. Mm-hmm. I just think that between the three, it was the one that I enjoyed the writing. It didn't make me feel. Chris really like resonated with the pedophilia. <laughs> I really. I'm not going to make a follow-up joke to that. I'm not that stupid. I'm not that dumb. Right? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I just I, I didn't like him, Bruges. I didn't like him, Bruges. I don't know. Really you know who surprised. else didn't like Bruges? Do you know who else didn't like Bruges? Fucking Ray. <laughs> I think the city looks great. I'd love to visit the city. It looks like a fairy tale village, Tyler. I'd love to. Vi- I'd love to that, go see it. How can that? How can that not be someone's fucking thing? It looks like a fucking fairy tale. What the fuck does that mean? It looks like if I would Bruges would hundred percent be be my thing around Christmas time, as long as I don't have to watch the fucking movie afterwards. Just take me to Bruges. Let me go to a pub. It sounds like a great time. Don't make me watch the goddamn movie. Uh, I can't believe you really didn't like it that much. I don't I'm hate it. I don't hate too, it because this one I think has the most concrete theme. I, yeah, it, it does have the concrete theme, right? Like the whole idea is Ray feels extremely guilty for accidentally gunning down a child. Uh, I guess it is funny that he was fine killing a priest, but killing a child, that's a problem. I guess that's, I guess there's a, they have limits. Yeah, they have limits. There's a, there's a joke in there somewhere. Um, the idea, he's incredibly guilty. People say that, you know, Burge works as purgatory. Yep. It's this place he's sent to. I can't fucking leave. <laughs> he can't fucking leave. Every but time it's like, he, the part when he's on the train escaping and then he gets aggressive because he beat up a Canadian the night before. He's like, oh, you're going back to Bruges. He's like, oh, of course. Yep. All right. Yeah. Like, here's the thing, right? Like with, with that theme, um, there's not any, I guess, redemption for someone like Ray. Right? Like, he doesn't necessarily do anything in Bruges to redeem himself. I think at most what you could say he does is he learns to forgive himself. Right. Because yeah. he learns how to be happy despite the fact that he murdered this child. Um, and you know he meets the girl and he falls for her and they have a nice nice date, uh, and then he dies. 
Uh, does he? But like, we don't know. It Except feels very... I would say he died. I feel like after all of that, he dies is kind of... I agree, stupid. which is something I don't like. Which is why if they left it open for a reason. I think he does. I don't feel like it's left open. The way that, to me, the way that the camera kind of like... The camera is like becomes his POV, right? When he's being dragged on the... Uh, the, 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 the stretcher, right? We see like from his... Basically from his point of view, we see um, the girl from the from the hotel... We see the girl from the um, the girl he was like he kind of, kind of fell for. We see them all looking at him, right? And then while that's happening, his eyes are kind of like darting a little bit from left to right, and they're moving. But then once he gets in the stretcher, his point of view just kind of falls over to like the left hand side and slumps down. I mean, but it you, stays when open you, when you're losing. But it blacks out. It doesn't black out. It just it cuts. It hard it hard cuts at the end. I could have sworn it uh, fades. I'm almost certain it hard cut at the end. Hmm. Well, either way, the movie is supposed to be ambiguous that you can lean either way. I think if he dies, it's a not cheapens it, I guess, but like it's... it doesn't really add to the theme, though. Right. Because yeah. it's like, OK, he dies here in in Bruges. So it's not like he like if he can... dies there, he gets Ken killed, too. And that's like, it, yeah. what was the point then? And it does. It's not really like there's like a redemption in his death. Because it doesn't really work in that Harry accidentally shoots a child in the backhand of the back half of the movie. Well, he doesn't. Think, he, he thinks that a child. It's Jimmy. Is it Jimmy? That's the whole point. I didn't even fucking realize that was Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole point. Jimmy's dressed as a child for the movie. And then Harry's principle is, oh, like, I like Ray, but he killed a kid. You can't get away with that. And yeah. if I kill the kid, I'll put the gun in my mouth right there. And he does. Except he doesn't realize it's just. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a hard cut to black. Uh, I just checked. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hard cut to black. Um, I didn't realize that was Jimmy, but like, you know, he kills himself immediately after, right? Because he has principles, yes. He has principles. Yeah. But like, does, what does that, I don't really, I, what does that have to say as far as theme goes then? Because you have these three people who die and it's not like they die in a thematically relevant way to one another. So like, is death is death in Bruges, if Bruges is supposed to be Turgatory, some level, like, it's supposed to be some kind of redemption? Like... Like, uh, what's the name of the of the other guy? Not Ray, not Harry. Ken. 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 So like Ken. Ken kills himself to give as a way to warn. Yeah. To warn Harry and give him a chance, right? You can make the argument that that's kind of like a redemptive death. The idea of a hitman like killing themselves to try and save somebody else. But like, I don't really know if you can say the same for either Harry or Ken's or uh, Ray's deaths. Well, Ray's death isn't a redemption. He just has a principle, a hard principle, and he sticks to it. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I don't, I can't really see like a narrative, like a thematic cohesion between between the three deaths here in Bruges, to make me feel like there's an overarching theme between what it means to die and like here in this particular setting. That's I keep hearing. I'm not. Did the director ever say it was purgatory? Is that just a fan thing? I mean, there's references in the movie to Purgatory itself. So yeah, yeah, plenty. They, they talk about Dante's Inferno and stuff, so I guess that's fair. You can make the argument that that's just, like, lemon, lem, lamentating on, like, the afterlife as hitmen. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know. Just doesn't do it for me. Hmm. Based on, you think he's dead or no? Probably. Hmm. I think that the hard... The, the, I just, the way it's shot to me, I'm just because like, I rewatched the ending here while I was checking... It does feel less ambiguous than I would like. It feels very like 
like whenever we get the point of view shots, there's like this light moving back and forth, you know, implying like the motion of his head. Mm. Right. And then it's just the moment he gets onto the, the he still looks still doing it. They put the they put the ventilator thing on him. They get him into the ambulance and then he just slacks left. I mean, he could he just be move. knocking out because knock out because he's losing a shit ton of blood from. A, and then there's the hard shot. cut. And then there's like, if they were going to knock out, I feel like they would have done what you said. Right. The fade out, a fade to black, not a hard cutaway. Hard cutaway to me implies death. Mm. Right. Because it's like the shift from like eyes open. Nothing else. It's not like my eyes are drifting closed because I'm passing out. At least that's not the image it pushes to my mind. You're not wrong. I'm just going along with the fact that if he does straight up die, then it's not the movie's not pointless, but it it lessens it. I think that's kind of what happens to me here. Right? I genuinely do feel like he dies. Here. And I, I, I can't really convince my brain otherwise after yeah. seeing it. So to me, it does make it feel like, and that was Bruges. Three people died. Cool. <laughs> and four, four, including Johnny, Jimmy. Um, it's like, okay, I guess that happened. All right. Uh, we didn't mention this before, but one of the, uh, it's another hilarious scene when Harry gets to the hotel and they're just arguing on the stairwell, it's like, all right, so what are we going to do? A shootout? We can't do a shootout. There's a pregnant woman here. What if I run in the back and jump into the river and you follow me? You swear you're going to jump in the river, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to do it. Okay, go. <laughs> Wait, who says go? Why didn't I argument. find it funny? Just, I don't know. La- like, you're laughing at the idea of it. But I'm laughing at the you- idea of the joke, but I didn't laugh during the well, movie. Maybe you just weren't in the mood. <laughs> Maybe maybe it was too early. Maybe it really was just too early in the morning. Because I, I thought just, it, I thought you would have laughed at some of these things. Same. Maybe I got to revisit. You know, that's the thing. That's the hard part about watching these movies on a, a time limit. And also, I, I've been sick for like the last four days. <laughs> um, but like too sick to really sit down and watch a movie. You know what I mean? Just sick and pain. Just, yeah. I, I went from hangover to I think I probably call like a, a stomach bug somewhere. Yeah. Um. So it's just it's not been like a good four and a half days. Like you didn't think that Uzi line was funny? No. <laughs> the, what, what, what was the Uzi line? What am I? Uh, yeah. Something, what am I? American? I'm not going to shoot ten yeah, black was, children was, or something yeah. like that. No, it was. Uh, hold on. I had, I had the line pulled up somewhere around here. <laughs> it's pulled up. It, it was an Uzi. I'm from South Central, Los Fucking Angeles. I didn't come here to shoot twenty black ten year olds in a drive by. I want a normal <laughs> gun for a normal person. <laughs> I'm laughing at the idea, but I didn't laugh at the joke. <laughs> Maybe I needed to watch this movie in a group. Maybe this would have been a group movie. But Tyler already seen in Bruges. Yeah, the timing was off on that one. Yeah, well, like when, think... when Harry was talking to uh that uh, the guy that lost like got shot in the face with the blank. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's how like how he fault. tells him it's his fault. I thought that was funny. <laughs> it's like so. Let me get this straight. You held a, gu- a blank uh, gun of blanks to his face. He somehow took the gun away from you and got shot in the face. That seems like it's on you, man. Again, I think all these ideas are really funny. So I don't know. I don't know. I think I really just was not feeling it this morning. I think that's just all it is to it. I think I had to watch this movie oh. feeling better. And also maybe I think in a group, it would have also been optimal. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So I think if this was yeah, the there's a ton of funny together, moments in it. Like I just remember the part when Harry beats the shit out of the, the attendant for the tower. <laughs> Just because he didn't, the attendant was like so strict of his job. And then after being poked in the head 50 times, he just beats the shit out of him. I don't know how you didn't find some of these funny, man. I don't know. I, I genuinely think I just wasn't feeling up to it today. Just, just too much of a time crunch to, to, to feel it today. I think that's all there is to it. I'm, 
I'm willing to give this movie another try in the future. I'll say that much. I'm not going to damn this movie off the bat, like sure. in my, for my opinion on it. Mm. So I'm willing to give this movie another try at some point in the future. Not, not, not soon though, but in the future. next week, <laughs> Hitman part two in the Bruges, Hitman and Hitman. <laughs> uh, no, God, we're not doing that. No, next uh, week, next week, I'm finally winning. All right, I think we're good, right? I think we're good on this. So, do you want to go straight into? Well, we have we have have one more commercial, right? Commercial, Yeah. yeah. I always forget. All right, to commercials. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we bring you the latest in film, TV, and all things pop culture related. Join us as we spill the tea on what's going on in the entertainment world with new episodes every week. A friend of mine once said that the conversation continues after the credits, so you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Film Optics. That is Optics with an X. And you can subscribe to us on podcast platforms around the internet. Thank you all, and you take care. So, do you guys want to go straight into the rankings? Yeah. As always. Let's go. Three. In Bruges. This is tough. Now, see, as much as I was defending it, I still think I like the other two more. Mm-hmm. And I, th- yeah, in Bruges. Wow, uh, wait, so actually, in Bruges is your third. Oh, yeah, I was defending it a lot, but then the, I, I originally I thought my ranking was going to be, well, it was, I thought it was going to be different, obviously. Yeah. But then the more I, I thought about one of these movies, like you did, the better it got for me. Very interesting. I'm very. I I did not think In Bruges was going to be your third, so I'm very curious. I thought. Uh, yeah, I thought it was going to be second at least. I think yeah, it's me collateral too. for me. Hmm. That's fair. I can understand that decision. I, I think that's very fair. There's there's just a couple of things that were like too jarring for me, mm-hmm. like the song uh, and just going <laughs> fucking Sonic. Yeah. He's Sonic. <laughs> uh, Jamie Fox. And I know Sonic I shouldn't movie. be nitpicky about, but like. Those little we things. We barely got a Tom Cruise run in this. We barely yeah. got a Tom Cruise run in it. We, he he That's obviously fair. ran, but we didn't get the classic <laughs> running motion from him. <laughs> like how you could person could be famous for their running motion. It's you know great. what the Tom Cruise run? No, is. I, I I'm not saying you're wrong. I agree with you, Ty. <laughs> Don't yell at me. <laughs> I I think you're right. All right, uh, two. And that's where everyone stops. <laughs> this is two it's is hard. Gonna have to be Leon for me. I think. Just because of what Chris brought up. And I think that if you didn't bring it up, it'd be my number one. Leon is a great movie. I am when it's based off a 15-year-old that he uh his 15-year-old mistress. Um, uh, I can't look at the movie the same. I because it's a really good movie. (laughs) I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna say I'm we're not we're not, Chris, we're not basing it on the what happened in the making of the movie. We're basing. I know. It on we're, the I'm, we're, yeah, trying, you, we're basing our feelings on the movie, which makes yeah. it. It, it just it I can't I can't look past it. it that's the reason why. It's I mean, difficult, I'm not but. picking it. Sec- I'm picking Leon a second. I'm not picking as it because of that. I just like mm-hmm. collateral, collateral more. more. I'm even though say, Leon is probably Leon. Eh, I I can't even say which one actually is the better movie. Leon's great too. I think I'm going to say collateral second because it it is it outwardly has issues as a film. Yeah, um, with the police subplot and uh, the three-minute song, like those are two particular jarring things that I think hurt the pacing 
a lot. Whereas, Which is one of, the, one of the main critiques of the movie is the pacing. Or yeah, the pacing where, in the second half, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Leon does not suffer from any issues as a film. It only suffers it's just from, stuff outside the from, film. It suffers yeah. from context outside of the film, which I'm going to try, which I'm not going to hold against the movie. Yeah. It's impressive and that then, you can do that because I can't. It's it's not. I, I, listen, it, depends, <laughs> it depends on the movie, really. Like if it's really the direct, it's like, oh, yeah, this is directly based. OK, Leon's more or less directly based on it, but it's not the entire point of the movie. Yeah. I mean, I like if, C, if CK Louis Louis made out like made a movie. Louis, way, CK. Right? Louis CK. Louis CK. <laughs> If Louis C.K. made a movie about beating off in front of other women, then yes, I think I'd, I'd probably not be able to judge that as an individual work of art. Yeah. Um, I do think this movie is just, it is well written. And I do think if you ignore the, the context, it felt to me more like a, a familial relationship. The idea that like Natalie Portman's character has never actually experienced kindness in yeah. any real form because uh-huh. her family shows shitty. So she takes the first person who's being nice to her and she just thinks that that feeling must be love when it like or like must be romantic love when it could actually just be easily yeah. described as Which familial in, love in the, in the context cares of the movie, about her it makes sense because she's also yeah. like 12 she's also yeah. like fucking 12 i think i think that works fine it's just really fucking problematic where the where the director is like yeah i banged this 15 year old and i made leon <laughs> i made this movie about it it's like god damn it can you shut up <laughs> so i can enjoy yeah. my movie in peace can you just couldn't you and woody harrelson go and shut up <laughs> So I all didn't right. have to deal with this. And our number one, since they're all different. In Bruges. And then collateral. Wow. I just it's thought been... In Bruges was hilarious. I it was... is. Fucking God scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Holy fuck. My blinds just fell. Hitman. He's like, you better watch out. <laughs> I told him to pick a random day. And <laughs> fuck. <laughs> finally coming. <laughs> uh, but God. no, all these movies are all... I mean, uh, for for me and Faison, they're all pretty great. Yeah, I liked all of them. Again, I'm gonna give Imbruge another try. I think it just wasn't it wasn't the vibe I was going for this morning. And I think that I think that I need to because I every time you guys tell me one of the jokes, I'm like, this joke sounds really funny. Yeah, no, you're like you're then, you're chuckling every I'm time. I'm chuckling alongside you guys. But then like when I watched the movie, I was just like stone faced, unemotional, nothing, nothing going on. All right, Vincent. <laughs> Uh, my, hey, homie, is that my briefcase? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, I'm willing to. Get, no, actually, no, I don't want to do that. I was going to say we could do a category of like, let's try it again, and then I'm like, no, I don't want to fucking do that. <laughs> I don't want to watch In Bruges under the skin and something and no else, I, and no country. All the movies I love <laughs> that I felt like kind of okay about. Like again, all all both of those movies are movies that um, after I've let them sit for longer. My opinion of them has reached like a, a level of enjoyment, especially Under the Skin, which is a movie I did not give a fuck about the first time I saw it. It has reached a nice, I think it's, I think it's you okay. You fucking hated it. I fucking yeah. hated that movie. It's it's come to a level where I think I understand, I get what it's going for. I don't necessarily love most of its execution because the pacing feels bogged to all hell. And I don't want that in a movie that I'm watching, um, but I, I can appreciate it. You know what I mean? And No yeah. Country is like a very incredibly well-directed movie and well-put-together film, even if it doesn't necessarily hit like a thematic relevance to me. And mm. maybe In Bruges will have a similar effect. Or maybe and it I fucking mean, won't. I don't know. I'm not God. I mean, I did. I had it last just because <laughs> I, I thought the other two movies were better. Yeah, that's fair. I was surprised you had it last. I really didn't expect you to. I, again, the, originally I thought my... I, in Bruges is the only movie I've seen before. So originally mm. I thought my idea was going to be... I thought it was going to be Leon 
in Bruges and Claral, but then Claral turned out to be pretty great. It's funny. I thought Tyler's was going to be in Bruges on top. And I, for some reason, felt maybe Faison wouldn't like in Bruges. I like but I think that was entirely I think that was yeah. entirely based I, thought, on I actually I thought feeling. you'd like it a lot. <laughs> I thought it was gonna, I thought your list was going to be Bruges, Leon and Claral. God, wow. So just completely off. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, you know what? I like to keep you guys guessing. I can't let you guys get too used to my opinions. Um, so I got to change it up a little bit. Maybe I didn't find the, the, the humor funny. Maybe I maybe I do have bad sense of humor. Who can fucking say? Yeah, you got bad sense of humor and you really love that one aspect in Leon. I, <laughs> I'm not making a follow up joke to that because <laughs> even I know that that's too far. <laughs> Even I know when I can't make a joke. Anyhow, please just move on before I make a joke. <laughs> Tyler, start doing the thing. <laughs> Follow us on 321 Binge. Let us know which one. Oh, wait, one thing. Who's the best hit man? Oh, fucking Leon. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, easily. Mm. The Imbruge guys are bubbling. Well, no, no. We, okay, yeah, we know Bruges, it's not we, that. We, we, we all agree Imbruge is the last. I just wanted to say that. that. Yeah, we know they that. fucking suck. The thing with Vincent is... For the most part, he got his targets and they weren't ready. The club scene showed that even like, yeah, they're caught by surprise, but they still kept po- coming in. Mm. He still killed everybody. Leon, he took on an entire police force. So, yeah, he still he got the jump. He didn't get the jump on them, but he was ready for them. Well, but I think also- when, I think with Vincent, if Vincent knew he had a whole assault team coming for him, it would be similar to Leon. I don't think he would get like shut out easily. All I want to say is that Leon let his targets know he was coming for them in the first fight of the movie. He 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 pulled a gun on a guy named Tonto and told him to tell his boss that he was coming up there and then shot him while he was on the phone so the boss knew exactly what was going on. And well, then here's the thing. He did that because he did that because he wasn't going to kill the boss. If the boss just said, yeah, oh, let him he, come up, he would he, just he proceeded to kill every single other person. Like if he didn't kill Tonto, Tonto Maybe the boss, maybe who knows? Maybe the boss would have fucking let him up, but it didn't matter to him at that point because Leon's a goddamn professional. Yeah, he killed him, and, and then he proceeded and, to kill every other person. Not though he has the same line. He killed every other person who knew he was coming, who were preparing and waiting for him, and he used every preparation they had against them. <laughs> he shot down Pleasure. the window Thank barricade to trap them outside, and then proceeded to gun them down. And then he somehow just showed up in the shadow like fucking Batman. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when when his hitman plans aren't working perfectly, he just throws a grenade and uses the old ring trick. Uh, I think that Leon is easily the superior hitman. Not to say that Vincent's a bad hitman. I just think that Leon's too good. Yeah, I could see that. I could that's, see that's it, but I think it's a lot closer. I think it'll be a lot closer. I think in the end, I don't know him. He might just do the same thing, pull a grenade yeah. and kill them both. I think that Vincent will just trip on a chair and Leon will shoot him in the head. I think that's what do you got little two happen. professionals going against each other. So I don't think it's just going to be two guys outsmarting each other. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be like no country for old men, except it's two hitmen. Dude, I, I still think that Leon has the upper hand. I mean, he's, he's been shown to like react incredibly quickly to his environments. Like the yeah. final fight with the cops, he's able to, he tells Matilda to go and grab the ax, knowing that he can use it to cut open a part of the vent that he has in his house in order to escape. Like there's there's just a multi level sure, but that's his plan. own house. Yeah, but there's like a multi layeredness to everything he's doing there, that I think actively puts him ahead of Vincent. Like when he closes, like he shoots the water sprinklers right outside of his house, and then he leaves the cop outside with his hands up, so that they think that he shot. And then he shoots again, so that they think he shot the cop, and then they just start opening fire on their own guy. Yeah, mm. that's true. Yeah, I just think I'd, that I'd he has like a tactical on. advantage. Yeah, that's fair. 
I, and I probably would go with Leon, but I think the fight would be pretty sick. I think the fight would be fun to fucking watch. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Uh, somebody, let's get <laughs> Tom Cruise and Jean Oh, another Jean... thing we didn't mention. This movie is connected to the transporter. Collateral is. Really? Because Jason Statham is in it, and it's the same character. Shit, is it supposed to be the same character? I just thought yes. they wanted a guy who looked like he could hold a gun. No, the, the movie literally opens with... Uh, I, I don't have never seen a transporter movie. Is his name just transporter? I, I yeah, it's, it's like Doctor Who. He doesn't actually use his name. He's just a uh, transporter. But yeah, like he's cruises in the airport, and then they run into each other. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, I, I drop your bag, and they switch bags because he gave him the material. That's the whole point. It's the same character. I didn't realize it was the same character. I just figured that whenever you want someone who looks like a cool criminal, you hire Jason Statement. Mm. <laughs> but I guess that's fair. <laughs> All right, fair point. Um. Do you want to so, go back yeah. to doing the thing, Tyler? Three, two, one, Ben. You follow us on Twitter. Let us know which one of these hitmen are your favorite. Which one of these movies is your favorite? Did you think In Bruges is funny? It is funny. If Facebook you didn't think you. it was funny, or if you did think it was funny, fight me on Twitter, please. I'm always happy to fight someone on Twitter. Or hire like... a hitman. Yep. Well, no, don't go that far. That's expensive. But fight fight me on Twitter. <laughs> Sounds a little, bit, a little bit better for my health. Uh, um, check out Fandom Power, Film Optics, Bite Test Movie Reviews. Uh, rate, review us, share us with friends. Yes, you, you there listening. Todd. Yes, you. Yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Todd to see if we get anyone named Todd this time around. You should like and review our episode. I'm talking about you specifically, Todd. No, 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 no. Don't stop, don't stop the audio. We're always here. We're gonna be here next week and the week after that and the week after that. He's right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, whoever the fuck you are out there, like, review, whatever you, whatever you guys, I don't know what you guys do on different platforms. This isn't my part of the job. Um, do that stuff. Uh, follow Tyler on Twitter and I don't know, send him death threats or something, whatever you guys want. The fuck did I do? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't told people to do that for to you in a while. So I figured I got to bring him over here back. Oh, you're those Bodo accounts? Oh, okay. I, I'm all, I'm every account. I'm just sending him the same message over and over again. It's a picture of my house. <laughs> <laughs> but like everyone has like a different filter on it as well so it's slightly <laughs> closer slightly farther away one's upside down because you drop the camera yeah <laughs> it's like a picture of like my hand gently caressing the front door and this is one of me being scratched by like a cat with my face clearly in the image um i'm a very bad hitman I'm, I'm sorry to say it almost as bad as fucking ray oh almost i've never shot a child in the head oh, anyhow in the head. let's get away head. from that okay. real quick <laughs> <laughs> nice see you next week. Thank you for watching. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>